Now, back to the Frontier Freedom Hour with Jeff Hunt, sponsored by Centennial Institute at Colorado Christian University. Here's Jeff Hunt. Hi, friends. Talking with Dr. David Murphy, Dean of the School of Behavioral and Social Sciences for the College of Adult and Graduate Studies at Colorado Christian University. 25 years in the Air Force, and we're discussing the Middle East. If you missed any of this, go to FrontierFreedomRadio.com. That's FrontierFreedomRadio.com. You can get access to all the podcasts there. All right, Dr. Murphy, what do you think the Biden administration should do with Iran? What should be the proper response? The Well, that's a good question. That's an excellent question. Again, a, a difficult situation to solve because we've already sacrifi- sacrificed deterrence. So deterrence once sacrificed is very difficult to regain. The only way we're going to be able to regain this is immediately cut off all the funding that we can to them, immediately sanction them, and immediately show that we have a defensive capacity that is going to be fully engaged if they continue to wage war against us via their proxies. What just has been um, very difficult to listen to is this saying that I've heard from both sides of the political aisle this last week, we don't, we're not looking for a war. The, as we talked about at the beginning of the, the show, you, few people, few nations are ever looking for a war. War happens when countries miss each other, misunderstand each other's intentions and capabilities. Okay? So, we have a problem now that we've sacrificed the deterrence that we somehow need to regain. Mm. It's not going to be regained by just continuing to play whack-a-mole with Hamas and Hez- or, sorry, with Hezbollah and with Houthi uh, installations, basically, telegraphing our punches so they can move their personnel and equipment before we hit and really just having symbolic strikes. Well, let's, let's talk about kind of Trump's approach. So I, I, Donald Trump doesn't want war. He's made that very clear. He's an isolationist Republican. Gone are the neocon days, that type of thing. But if there's a situation that arises, he seems to take advantage of it. I mean, he dropped, you know, uh, drone strikes on leaders in Afghanistan or in I- Iraq. I'm trying to remember his name. Uh, but the, the terrorist leaders, I mean, he is not afraid to do that. And so, you know, conservatives have said if Donald Trump was in this situation, the base that launched that drone attack that killed three U.S. Army soldiers, there would have been an immediate response to wherever that took place. Somebody, there would have been some type of pushback. So talk about how your your analysis of Donald Trump's approach to these issues, where he doesn't seem like he wants to get in a war, and he's kind of telegraphing that. I don't want to be in a war, but if someone punches, he seems to punch back pretty hard. He does, and the thing you're going to see, you see from a lot of people now, is they've all of a sudden become strategy experts. <laughs> okay, Here, That's how it is on every issue, right? You know, exactly. Uh, COVID, all that. Definitely. Here was the difference. Here's the big difference with Donald Trump. He understood that, st- that tactics 
an operational strategy was best left to the military. So, for example, when he came in and ISIS, the ISIS caliphate right. had taken over most of the uh, the Middle East or much of the Middle East. And uh, you remember all the atrocities that were going right. on, everything that happened in the Obama administration. He told the military, fix it, do what needs to be done, of course, short of something that would get us in trouble, nuclear war example, anything like that. I don't know what his order said, but he said, come up with a strategy to fix it. And he let them develop what we used to call a cuffs off strategy to end that war. Huh. That should have happened when the first Houthi missile hit. I made this argument in a uh, op-ed published by the Centennial, well, through the Centennial Institute published in November. I said, we need to unleash CENTCOM to develop a strategy to make this stop with no restrictions other than attack on Iran, probably. Okay. And that didn't happen. Instead, we had this limited kind of half-hearted, well, we'll just throw a few missiles in first and show we're serious. Well, that didn't work. We'll throw a few more in. Meanwhile, the attacks on shipping increased. The attacks on American ships have ha now happened now. Just Wednesday of this week, we had a Houthi missile, anti-ship missile, get close enough to one of our destroyers that they had to engage their phalanx system. For those that don't know, that's a 20 millimeter close-in engagement, essentially a big multi, a big machine gun. It's essentially the same thing we had on the F-16, mm. tied to a radar that shoots missiles when they're within a couple miles of a ship. It's very effective, but if they're getting that close, there's a big problem. It won't be long. I predicted in that article back in December of 2023 that Americans would die if we didn't get deterrence now. We didn't get deterrence now, and five Americans died in January of 2024. The two SEALs, of course, that were killed in a, a boarding operation off Somalia, and then the three Army um, soldiers. So I I'm not going to dictate strategy for CENTCOM and the Fifth Fleet. The military should do that. Politicians shouldn't do that. But striking back is not a strategy. It's a way to just continue the escalation to full regional war. Biden needs to set a uh, overall uh, objective, any constraints, which should be few, and let the military determine how to turn off the Houthi threat, to hold back the Hamas threat, and to support Israel as they continue to prosecute their war against Hamas. Do you think that the United States is unnecessarily interfering in that war with Israel and Hamas? I absolutely do. That's a great question. I'm glad you asked it. Many that know the current administration said as soon as October 7th happened that their true colors will come out. And sure enough, they did. And why did they? Because you had this insane constituency, this anti-Semite constituency that all of a sudden were emboldened to start um, essentially calling for the genocide of Israel. 
And people say, well, they did that as a you know, response to Israel's attack on Gaza. No, that happened the day after October 7th, that the people were coming out cheering this, uh, talking about from Palestine to the sea, all this anti-Semitism happened way before Israel had done anything to push into to Gaza. So we, we see this, and we saw the, the administration start to hedge their bets. And if you go back and you look, predictably, in early January, you have the Secretary of Defense, and you have some other set people saying, well, Israel, you're going to lose support. And now, Blinken just said last week that it's time to stop. I mean, flat out said it's time to stop. They have been showing their true feeling about Israel the whole time. Fortunately, I think many of the, the Jewish uh, citizens in America that maybe used to be supporters of um, that way of looking at the world have now realized that they were never their friends, that the Democrat Party was never their friends, and have realized that they're now seeing this loss of support from our administration, especially as their far left wing continues with their anti-Semite rhetoric. So this isn't happening at Colorado Christian University. In fact, the opposite, the president and the chancellor, as well as many members of our faculty, have signed statements, written op-eds, speaking in favor and supporting Israel for many of the reasons we've discussed on this show today is that they are a bastion of Western civilization in the Middle East, and it is a good country. Uh, I have visited it. I've spent time in it, and it is the only place there where you have Jews, Christians, and Muslims generally getting along pretty well. And so it needs to be protected. Uh, it, it embraces in, in some ways, in many ways, free market capitalism, religious freedom. It's not perfect. But it is a country worth saving. And in, in December, Colorado Christian University hosted CCU for Israel, where we raised a million dollars to support United Hatzalah, which is the ambulance organization in the Middle East that saved so many lives when that attack took place. And since then, I've seen CCU develop real strong friendships with the Jewish community, and it's something that I appreciate. I know our president and chancellor uh, both appreciate as well. So, Dr. Murphy, we've got to wrap up here. How do people follow your readings, uh, your, your writings? Are you on Twitter? Or are you on, do you have a blog? Well, actually, the easiest way to do it is the Centennial Institute website. The right. great thing about Centennial Institute is they give us CC Phil's a chance to write, and we don't have to worry about going out to pitch it to different publications. <laughs> right. So, uh, Centennial Institute does that for us, and it's all in one nice little compact uh, page, and you can see all that the fellows are writing in one place so I have I've written for many different publications I don't uh, write a personal blog per se but I do publish uh, in several strategic uh, journals or strategic websites I should say and wherever wants my work you know I'm really not in this in writing to build the career I'm in writing to to represent um, the Lord uh, to serve Jesus Christ and to glorify him and what I say and do. I, f I feel like we are in a cultural moment that needs as many Christians as possible involved in it. 
and we just have to wherever we can invest wherever we can get involved it's time to get involved i'm so grateful to ccu and the centennial institute to give me that platform to be able to just get in the mix this discussion of course i don't always ask for everyone to agree with every point <laughs> i say but i just want to be out there and involved in what's going on it's so important that we do this Tw now. 25 years in the air force dean of the school of behavioral and social sciences dr david murphy you can read his writings at the centennial institute website go to centennial.ccu.edu until next time god bless you and yeehaw